This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. A, 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 a Giants podcast for Giants fans. By Giants fans. It's Sean Morash and Paul Dottino. Down the sideline, into the end zone. Touchdown, Giants! From the offseason, through the wins and the losses, it's time to take one, one, one Giants step. step. Oh, what a night. Bum, 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 bum. Oh, what a night. Yes, that's my bad karaoke. Yes, this is Sean Morash. Yes, this is One Giant Step. Thank you for listening as always. And however you're listening, consuming this podcast, remember it's free on the Odyssey app and everywhere podcasts are available. So the G-Men move to one and one. And if you listen to the preview pod last week with Pat Leonard and myself, and even if you listen to Big Blue Kickoff Live with John Schmelk and myself Saturday morning on WFAN, my feeling all along was Giants were going to sweat this. Giants were going to sweat this game, and it was going to be ugly, and it was going to be mucky. Then, when Buda Baker was ruled out late Friday afternoon, something in me flipped, and I thought, you know what? They're still going to find a way to win this game by a touchdown. As it turns out, they do sweat this. Clearly, they sweated this, as it takes a Graham Gano field goal late. But it's the complete opposite sweat that I was expecting. I thought the Giants would really struggle to move the ball uh, with Andrew Thomas's injury, and he didn't end up playing. Zudu ends up playing left tackle. Out of nowhere, seemingly, uh, Marcus McKeithen plays right guard, starts at right guard. That, that started to build some steam on Friday. And I thought the Giants were going to really struggle to move the ball. And they did in the first half. So let's start with the negative before the heroics. In the first half, you could see it when Brian Dable punted the ball from the Cardinals 47 on fourth and two, that nobody on that giant offense had any sort of confidence. They didn't know what they were going to get from the offensive line. Timing just seemed so off with Daniel Jones and the receivers, and it it looked ugly. But my biggest issue, it's almost as if I was giving the offense a pass, and I I didn't a week earlier because they were clearly the problem, but I guess my expectations had been lowered so much. The big issue was the defense, to let Josh Dobbs go up and down the field. And, you know, James Conner gashing them in the run. Well, guess what? The Giants are supposed to be better in run defense this year. They have not been compared to last year. But Zach Ertz running wide open. Hollywood Brown running wide open. Uh, you know, you'd have to do a bigger deep dive on the tape to look at, you know, is it Deontay Banks? Is it Trey Hawkins? We talked about the rookie corners. Uh, there's some miscommunications, clearly. Dory Jackson was getting switched up. But the real issue still remains up front. I know Aziz Ojolari is out. You better get used to that because he misses a lot of games. Kayvon Thibodeau, for the second straight game, felt basically invisible. Now, on my brief rewatch 
he was totally getting double teamed at times, triple teamed. Now, there were definitely some times where he didn't win his one-on-ones. It wasn't like it was every single down like that. But there was a conscious effort to not let Kayvon Thibodeau beat them. And he didn't take advantage when he wasn't double or triple teamed. The Giants are going to need more from Kayvon Thibodeau, clearly. Dexter Lawrence run uh, won some of his matchups, which is fine. But Leonard Williams, man, in a contract year, you got to bring more in, in rushing the passer. You just do. Uh, if the Giants aren't going to get net zero from whoever's in from Aziz Ojolari, whether it be Jihad Ward, uh, I thought I'd see more rushing the passer from Isaiah Simmons than the Giants did, but they, they just didn't get home. And if you're not going to create pressure on the quarterback, and they had some pressure in the second half, even though it didn't result in sacks, it is going to be very difficult to beat the good teams in the NFL. Now, the defense does deserve credit. They came alive in that fourth quarter. I was very down on the defense when the Giants get off to that start in the second half and they score a touchdown, and then there's the defense letting the Cardinals go right back down the field. That felt like that was the death blow, the gut punch of the game. Thankfully, it wasn't. And the defense awakened. But they're not going to play an offense led by Josh Dobbs every single week. I mean, maybe when they see Zach Wilson and the Jets, it'll feel like that. But this is... Defense just has to play better. If this team's going to be a serious contender, they have to play better. Now let's switch to the offense and what happened in that second half. And first and foremost, Daniel Jones deserves a round of applause. It seems crazy because... It feels like there are multiple times in Daniel Jones's career where we find games and it's like, wow, this sums up Daniel Jones in a nutshell. Shut out in the first half, offense looks inept, and then there's Daniel Jones doing something that no quarterback in NFL history had ever done in one half. 250 passing yards, 50 rushing yards, one touchdown run, two touchdown passes, no picks. Nobody in the history of football has ever done that in a half, and Daniel Jones did it from the quarterback position. The team was down 20 nothing. came out. That Jalen Hyatt 58-yard pass I thought changed everything. It showed that Daniel Jones can still throw this deep ball even though he'd missed Slayton early in the game. It set the tone for the offense that Daniel Jones was willing to put the team on the back. And it would have been very easy for the offense to go right back into basically sinking and sulking mode when the defense gave up that touchdown that I had just mentioned to make the game 28-7. They are now at that point down 21 points starting to feel better on offense. Daniel Jones picked up the offense, strapped them on like a backpack, put them on the back, and rode the Giants to, in week two, unbelievably saying this, a season-saving victory. They could not afford to lose to the Arizona Cardinals with the 49ers lurking and already at 0-1. And Daniel Jones did that. Daniel Jones got paid that money in the offseason. Some questioned it. Some were fine with it. If you look at the the overall average annual value, it's probably fair enough. But what Daniel Jones did was just, it was incredible. Finding Darren Waller, unleashing those passes to Slayton, obviously the other one to Hyatt. Late in the game, you know, that that penalty that calls back to Daniel Jones' touchdown run, how fiery he was with emotion. And it really felt like when they're in those long goal-to-go situations, finding Hodgins late, that pass to Saquon, the two touchdown passes, were just, I mean, money plays. Absolutely money plays by Daniel Jones. And the Giants end up at a position there where now they're back and and they could go into field goal range and kick that game-winning field goal. Now, the field goal is set up, by the way. Saquon Barkley deserves credit for his toughness. You know, a knock on Saquon is his lack of breaking tackles. His Superman approach on that monster run that puts that within relatively easy field goal range for Graham Gano is unreal. 
it's just another one of those Saquon plays where you're like, wow, this guy really is him, as the kids like to say. And then you feel terrible a play later, he's running right into the line and gets bent backwards. We're going to wait for the severity, but it looks like the Giants dodged a long-term injury. But nonetheless, another year where Saquon is not going to play every game because he gets banged up. But those two guys clicked. And you saw what this offense could be. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. In the second half, with the new elements that we didn't have last year, mainly Darren Waller and Jalen Hyatt. Darren Waller is a legitimate number one type receiver, although he's a tight end. And Jalen Hyatt is a guy who could just straight up run past defenders. The problem is, when the Giants face big pass rushes, the Cardinals do not possess that. Are they able to use that speed? I believe the Giants are going to trust it a little more now that they saw Daniel Jones do this. There's the question, did Brian Dable take over play calling? He denied that. Either way, they need to keep this speed involved. And on the offensive line, I mean, they deserve credit, right? I mean, if we're going to absolutely ride them into the ground after what was an unplayable performance versus the Cowboys... I know the Cardinals are bad up front. They do deserve credit. Now, Evan Neal took two horrendous penalties in this game. I'm still very concerned about his ability to to block any big pass rushers, but those penalties were killers. Outside of that, you got to be able to function as an offense and get adequate play from the tackles. And when Josh Azudu, who never played left tackle in the NFL— has to step in for Andrew Thomas in that game. I don't care how bad the Cardinals' pass rush is. You had to have been uh, going number two in your pants if you really cared about this. Now, I've done that for real in the past. Didn't happen on Sunday, but you get my point. And Azudu, I don't think he he was otherworldly, but he just fundamentally was sound. And that's all the Giants did. And Daniel Jones did good navigating the pocket. He had a good sense of awareness of when the, you know, Rusher was going to eventually beat Azudu. John Michael Schmitz, by the way, snaps perfect all day long on Sunday and didn't allow any pressures up the middle. And then from the guards, Bredesen gets hurt, concussion. I hate to say, thankfully, it's only a concussion because who knows with those, ling- you know, the way they can linger, but he's had a lot of, you know, lower body injuries. So hopefully he's back soon enough. Glowinski comes off the bench after being benched and gives him enough at left guard. And Marcus McKeithen. I'm going to say this again, almost out of nowhere at right guard. The sixth-round pick last year, remember, he was the one that tore his ACL at FanFest on the MetLife turf last year. He played offensive line at North Carolina with Josh Azudu. Kind of a forgotten piece. When I was at camp a couple times, he was still on the the pup before he really got ramped up. And I remember saying, eh, McKeith isn't even going to make this team off the ACL. Felt like they were deep at guard. And here we are in week two. The Giants had the Stones to already bench Glowinski, and they go to McKeithen instead of like a Shane Lemieux or something like that. And McKeith is obviously a big body, something they'd like. And maybe it's just because Arizona stinks. Uh, maybe McKeith will turn out to just be another guy you roll your eyes at and go, he's unplayable guard. Hopefully not. But for the love of God, maybe the Giants, please, please, could they have lucked into one of these late-round guards that a lot of NFL teams find? Because that would be incredible. And clearly the team likes him. 
I mean, think about how quick a hook Lewinsky had after that one week that they started Marcus McKeithen in a game, by the way, where they already knew they were going to be without Andrew Thomas on the offensive line. And he was good moving the ball when they, you know, they had to run it. And in pass protection, think about it. 250 yards in the second half, and that wasn't just run a catch. That was a lot of deep passing schemes. The Giants were not afraid to rip it behind that offensive line, and it worked. So hopefully, maybe, Marcus McKeithen could turn into be a little bit of a find here. And worst case for Josh Azudu, he's a much-needed swing tackle on this team as we continue to evaluate what exactly Evan Neal is at right tackle and if he's going to get any better. And credit to Graham Gano, who was banged up early week, kicks that game-winning field goal, and just jubilation. Unreal. Watch the game at my house. I have, like, a backyard bar set up. I've, I've mentioned that a couple times. A couple TVs back there. So, you know, my parents come over. It's my sister's birthday. Sister, you know, a couple friends, my neighbor. We're all Giant fans. But, you know, anybody who watches a Giant game with me, we know the deal. This isn't chit-chatty time. We're all in to watch the game. We cheer, we root, we slap hands, something like that. Just uh, just big enough and just small enough a crowd where there's no distractions. You could hear a pin drop in my backyard at halftime. Not going to lie to you, Shawnee, in third person, Shawnee was down in a couple adult beverages contemplating how this season could go awry and uplifted from the dead. I could not believe what my eyes in that second half. And just unbelievable. Unbelievable feeling. Now, we are going to have a podcast on Wednesday. Pat will join me as we look ahead to this San Francisco game on a short week. I see a lot of social media chirping for anybody who was, you know, negative on the giant wing going, yeah, well, now watch them get smoked by San Francisco. That Look, I hate to say that's fine, and you don't want to count any game as a loss, but if you were a real Giants fan, as much as you think you can win every game, I get that mindset. You probably played the win-loss game at the beginning of the year and said, San Francisco on a Thursday night is a loss. Now they're going to probably be without Barkley. Let's see about Thomas. I don't feel good about the game regardless of what just happened on Sunday. But that's okay. That's why Sunday was so important. Sunday was important because you had to figure there's a good chance you lose on Thursday. So it's will it bother me if they're close or if they get blown? I'm sure. I get I get emotionally erratic after every Giant game. But I think they need to rev up and get ready for that Seattle Seahawks game, a team that should be on very close to talent range as them, although those receivers versus the rookie corners are going to scare me to death. Um... That's a game, and we'll get to it when we get to it on Monday night in two weeks, where you say to yourself, you need to win that game at home, get a home win and get to 2-2, two and two, and just take a deep breath on the season. If they somehow win this game versus San Francisco, geez, all bets are off. We're back to the races in the season. But you got to take a deep breath and just enjoy this victory, This uh, something we had not seen since, what, 1949, so none of us really have seen it. Uh, to have that kind of comeback 21 points down in the second half is just incredible. It's okay to enjoy the win and not immediately go, well, you can't enjoy it because you're going to lose to San Francisco. Good win for the Giants. Unreal Stones performance by Daniel Jones. Good job by the offensive line holding up. And the defense, man, they better figure out these miscommunications because the, uh, the better the offense is, this is going to be a problem. All right, you can download, subscribe, One Giant Step, everywhere podcasts are available. Reminder, you're going to have another pod on Wednesday with this Thursday night game. I will drop another one Friday reacting to Thursdays. You get three this week. Probably only lead to one next week, but either way, I appreciate you guys all listening. Big Blue Kickoff Live, Saturday morning, WFAN, 9 to 9.30 a.m. Me and John Schmelk will recap the 49er game this week. And, of course, catch me on Evan and Tiki all week long on WFAN, free on the Odyssey app as well, from 2 to 6.30. 
All right, you can follow me at Sean Morash on Twitter, at Morash Radio on Instagram. Let's go Big Blue, and thanks, as always, for taking one giant step with us.